I'm here talking to Sneha Sanjay, who is technically the graduating class of 22, but she identifies <laughs> with the graduating class of 21. So I'm just going to put it in there. And I'm just here to have a chat with Sneha about her journey as a theatre studies major and what her plans are for the future. So, hello, Sneha. Hi, Dr. Lou. <laughs> <laughs> so nice to see you. And I'm so pleased that you said yes to this interview. So I'm just going to start from the beginning um, and um, ask you, why did you... Okay, let's go way before that. Pre-NUS, mm -hmm. did you go the JC route or... Okay, so you did the JC route. Yeah. And during your JC days, what did you study? So JC was a bit of a, a, a bit of a confusing time because I started off doing four H2s in the science stream. Wow. I did H2 physics, H2 chemistry, H2 math, and H2 drama. So I was in ACJC okay. and um, those like that was kind of like the trade-off or like the I kind of negotiated with my parents mm. that I'll be in the science stream, I'll be doing physics, chem and math, but I'll also be doing drama. <laughs> so wow. yeah, because of that I I, I kind of took a hybrid combination. Within the first two weeks of school, I, I couldn't stand physics. I dropped <laughs> it. Um, I did not have this conversation with my parents before I dropped it. I um, Instead of dropping it to H1, I actually went to the department and said, I want to drop it to H1 Lit. So they were like, H2 Physics to H1 Lit. I was like, yeah. So that's what they did. I was still in the science stream because my main H2s were Math and Chem, right. um, as well as Drama. So that's what I started studying. <laughs> that's okay. What, yeah. So had you always been interested in theatre and drama, which is what let you... Because ACJC is one of the few JCs that would offer A-level drama. Mm -hmm. Were you always interested in it? For sure. Like, I think it was one of the main reasons I even went to ACJC uh. because um, since secondary school, I, I actually was in choir. Uh. And when I um, stepped up into a leadership position in my CCA, I, I said, you know, like standing in, standing in like a choral position, just singing, it's, it's so boring, you know, mm. like, why don't we like be a show choir? <laughs> like, so um, I kind of like... Started so you like glee things up. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So we like did like our first original musical and everything, and that's when I fell in love with theater. Oh, right. nice. I was like, I want to study this in, in JC as well. Okay, so you were interested in mathematics and chemistry, right? Well, you did good enough to get to <laughs> yes, NUS. I, I, okay. I, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So so you made the decision that physics was not for you. No shade to physics, mm -hmm. absolutely fabulous subject, just not for you. Yeah, not you for dropped me. it, you took literature instead. Yeah. And then it gave you that um, combination mm -hmm. that got you the prerequisites to get to NUS, right? Yeah. So why I want to bring that up really is, again, you know, with, when approaching and choosing subjects, I think we should always go with our strengths and what we think we are good at rather mm -hmm. than just think, oh, this is a quote-unquote practical subject. Yeah, and then sure. you may not do quite as well. Yeah. So you got there. What did you kind of realize when you finished your A-levels, right? So uh, you put in your applications to do university degrees, you know. So mm -hmm. after the A-level journey was over, dropped your physics, did what you did. Mm -hmm. At that point, looking back as you right now, mm -hmm. back then, what did you realize about yourself as a as a student? 
I've always kind of known that I have always been like very interdisciplinary in mm. in terms of like my interests in the things that I'm good at. So it's always been like the system has always kind of forced me to choose. Mm. Ever since like secondary school, when we are like streamed into our subject combinations, you have to choose like. Um, I was a triple science kid, so mm. I was kind of branded as science stream. Mm. And then JC, even though I had a hybrid combination, I was in the science stream. Mm. And when I came to university, I kind of had to make the decision like, do I go arts or science? Like mm. I have to choose now. Mm. Um, and just that process of like trying to choose and mm. not being able to choose made me realize like, hey, I like both, mm. you know? So I think that's what I like, that was the biggest um, revelation I had at mm. that point. Um, which is why I decided to um, do a double mm. major because mm. I refused to choose. You know, <laughs> like I'm like, you're not gonna ma make me choose. Like I'm gonna do both. Yeah. yeah. So, guys, you can like science and arts. You can like the sciences and the humanities. Mm -hmm. They are not mutually exclusive. Right? Exactly. So, yeah. states are very good examples. So, okay, let's just dial it forward. Your first year in NUS. Mm -hmm. Tell the world what your majors are. So I um, have major in theater studies as well as business management. Um, this was something that I decided like right as I got into NUS um, because like I kind of, when I was thinking about, um, like my, my, my dad has always been very encouraging of um, business. Ever since young, he always told us, you know, like it's great to be an entrepreneur. It's great to study business. Um, and I kind of internalized a lot of that. So that's why like business seemed to be like in my radar, but I also felt like my passion was theater. So I was like, that, that was the combination. That's where it came from. Okay, so yeah. business management. Yeah. Did you have any background in business management before you get it, apart from your mathematics? Mm, not exactly, apart from like my dad, like sharing at the dining table, telling us things about like, investing and stuff like that. So that's that's how I knew I was kind of interested mm. to learn in it. But like I did have exposure to it mm. um, in terms of content, but never like like academic, like formal mm. academic training in it. So when, all right, so drama, you had A-level drama, so you know what to expect for a theater studies major. Yeah. For business management, mm -hmm. what did you think it would be? What were the expectations? Think back. I, I remember being very um, wide-eyed and very, naive about the whole thing. I was like, I'm going to go into business school. They're going to teach us how to like set up a business and I'm going to learn how to be an entrepreneur in business school, um, learn how to innovate, learn how to get my ideas like off to the ground and stuff like that. But that's it's not really what it was <laughs> like. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't really what it ended up being like um, a lot of the classes that I took were kind of training us for corporate life. Oh, okay. Yeah, like accounting, um, finance, all of these things. Like there are classes like specialized for entrepreneurs, mm. but they're higher level classes. Mm. The core modules kind of like prepared us to go into corporate like mm. life. Yeah. Okay. Were you a wee bit disappointed or did you just think, okay, maybe this is what I need to do to get to the higher, I'll just, you know, earn my keep. I was always very against the the rat race, right. so I never wanted to go into corporate. I mm. always felt like um, that's like the easy way. Um, people who do that like are are like they, they, that's such a cop out, etc. And like my views have changed on that mm. right now, but I'll get into that later. Mm. But I, I definitely was disappointed. Like mm. um, it wasn't something like like what they make like Harvard Business School out mm. to be. You know, this place where like kind of like pumps out like entrepreneurs, mm. it wasn't that place. So I really had to take the concepts and really do the work myself. 
So what I mean by that is learn the concepts um, through the lens of like, okay, if I had my own business, how would I apply this? I kind of had to make that connection myself. Mm. And that's what I found myself doing like a lot of the times when I took like business modules here. Okay. So let's dial back to that TS101E presentation, right? Um, working for, within a very tight schedule, four to five weeks to put up a 20 minute presentation with people you don't really know. Mm-hmm. And I've always found that to be a kind of a make and break process. So either people work together and they produce something really fantastic. And my expectations is, you know, it's a first year final presentation, but more, more often than not, I'm blown away by their presentation. So let's go back and talk about your experience working with uh, practically a group of strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, honestly, it was really weird. Mm. Like, I, I came in um, with the background of like, collaboration being like I knew people in JC for two years right and we had this thing called like group skill which Mm. was part of our A-level component and we got to choose those people we got we had two years to bond with them and Mm. create something that we all really cared about Mm. and that negotiation process was like kind of extended expanded between like across two years Mm. whereas this was kind of like go (laughs) you know and like you have to produce something and um, it was weird for me because um, I, I had a lot of ideas of what theatre should be mm. that were kind of dismantled in that process mm. when people suggested different things. Like I remember a lot of them, they didn't even know whether they wanted to do theatre as their major. Some of them were just doing the class for fun. And um, like the different ideas that brought to the table. Mm. Like when you think like a theatre person, there is a very almost like a standard mm. vision that you have. Mm. But when you bring together so many people of like so many different backgrounds, the the end product becomes something that's very beautifully like negotiated, mm. collaborated. And, and I think that shows in the, mm. in the final It did, thing. it did. Yeah. Second semester, mm-hmm. you've done your 101. Mm-hmm. What modules did you take? I did global theatres, mm-hmm. um, playwrights of the 20th century. Mm and writing the short film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were the theatre classes that I took. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were predominantly more theoretical, except for the writing short film. Yeah. They're more theoretical. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you not want to take any of the more practical classes? Was yeah. it a deliberate choice? Yes, it was, because I felt like I kind of have been doing um, practical things for mm. so long uh, in, in JC that we got so many opportunities to really mm. um, perform, explore and everything that I kind of felt like, okay, I want to see what this theoretical like side of NUSTS mm. is that mm. everyone has been talking about. Mm. I kind of was like craving that, in, that, that theoretical rigor mm. for a while and, and these classes absolutely gave it to me. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're going to end this initial part of your journey with some kind of a reflection and thought. So thinking back, that would have been four years ago, four and a half, five years ago, because you, oh. you took some time off. Yes. Yeah. Whatever that you can remember, what, what kind of memories do you have of that first year as a business management and theatre studies major? I remember, um, I don't remember my first semester as much as my second semester being uh, both business and theatre because I think I only started taking more business classes in the second semester as well. Um, second semester was when I really overloaded myself um, and, and I was really like 
throwing myself into like university world and all of that stuff, I remember thinking, this is exactly what I wanted to do. Wow. And that's, a, I mean, I think a privilege in your second semester of university that people around me were kind of still like figuring out like what they want to do, what major to take. And I remember thinking like, one day I go to class and it's theater and the other day I go to class and I can do math, you know, like accounting or whatever. And this is exactly what I wanted to do. And I think what I realized about myself is that when something, when I want something, I get something. Mm. Like even if it doesn't exist, I'm, I make it, mm. I make it up mm. so that I can have the experience <laughs> that I want. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we theater people are very good at manifesting <laughs> and creating. Manifesting. Yeah, we manifest and create. So I'm back with Sneha, and we're going to move into her journey as a theatre studies major. So I want you to pick two to three TS modules mm -hmm. that were what I call game-changing modules for you, that either they've really challenged you or they've given you things to think about or put things before you that you had to overcome that you you either found extremely difficult or you found great joy in doing so two or three okay. let's start with the first one what is the first one the first one that comes to mind no questions theater and gender mm. um, i always tell my juniors um, people in my batch that t-gen as we call it um, was the most impactful class I've taken in NUS. Let me interject, that's a 4,000 level, honest year level module. So it's pretty, pretty high level theatre and gender. So, and you have to take X number of MCs in order to take that. So why was T-Gen mm -hmm. so impactful for you? I think, okay, first of all, like a, a bit of background, like when you first introduced the class, I, I remember I was year one, um, you said that we are going to have this class offered um, in, in, I don't know how many semesters you, you mentioned that. And I remember thinking like, I can't wait to take that because um, when I was in year one, my, um, I, had an old, I have an older sister and she was studying like gender theory and she, she would talk to me about it. And it was always something I was very interested in and I thought it was very, very relevant to theatre given performance and everything. So I've always wanted to take it. I had it in my study plan since I was year one <laughs> to, to kind of take it. Um, when I finally got to take it, um, it was everything I hoped for and more. Um, it was such a good, delicate balance of that um, theory that, that kind of supported and substantiated everything and the opportunity to really actualize that in performance. And I, I, one thing I really, really appreciate is that you really made sure that each and every one of us in the class, I mean, there were five of us in the class, each and every one of us understood the theory um, for what it was. And I think that was something that, that made the class so special to me. Mm. Because sometimes it's, it's very overwhelming when mm. you have like these really difficult texts to read mm. and you don't really understand the theoretical mm. premise of a lot of things. And it's hard to have that application process. It makes me feel like, oh, I smoked through my, mm. my module, but this was the, like this was one of the classes that I felt like I really learned something mm. that I can like think about mm. and kind of changed me as a person mm. almost and a performer. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
Put okay, just to give you some background, um, it's a 4,000 level module and um, there is a lot of theory because I think it's important. Uh, there are several texts, uh, play texts, and then um, apart from the usual discursive essays you write, uh, the group will put together a 20-minute response. You're going to see that as a trend of the things that I do. A 20-minute theatrical <laughs> response to a play where they demonstrate certain ideas or their points of view that they've learned through the, the gender ideas and gender theory. And, um, and this was all through safe distancing, mask wearing. Mm -hmm. The five of them put together a very interesting response and every single thing that they talked about and they discussed were manifested. So which is what I find really interesting where you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's all theory, but the theory is embedded in mm -hmm. the practice. Exactly. And I think all the way up to the 4,000 is where, you know, you will have this, you will have a certain awareness. And I also make them do the reflections and the reflections are um, really good. And, um, and again, what Sneha talked about, I think for a class like Theatre and Gender, it is very, very important. And one of the tenets of feminist pedagogy is the voices, the various mm -hmm. different voices, and they all have to be heard. Mm -hmm. And they all have to have the chance to speak. And um, I remember having very interesting uh, discussions with Sneha about whether she would, get off if offered to play a trans character. Mm -hmm. I remember this was the very first discussion yeah. because she found it, she found it very disturbing that Eddie Redmayne, specifically Eddie yeah. Redmayne in The Danish Girl, that a non-trans actor played. So we had a very heated discussion about, well, you know, it's a role. Anybody can play the role. Yeah. But today, I think, so we had that discussion. I always remember that, and I always bring it up wherever theatre and gender classes are, are being discussed. And I put that into the discussion. Would you take up a role mm -hmm. uh, for a trans actor? So anyway, um, in at the risk of embarrassing you, tell the people what grade you got for this class. I got an A plus, yeah. Totally earned it. She put in such work for that. And I remember being so impressed by both her presentation and for her essay. I mean, she can take part of the credit for the final presentation because it was a group project, but I think what she talked about, what Sneha talked about in the first year about different people coming together. Mm -hmm. And you had a real big mix of different people coming together. And I, I just wanted to also kind of try to deliver that the, the joy in that discovery mm -hmm. is what really drives a lot of the learning. And that it doesn't have to be a chore, but it, I think a lot of it is in what you push yourself and how you drive and how you work with each other. And I think theatre is one of the very few majors that can do that. Okay, so mm -hmm. T-Gen's one of them. Tell me about a second one. Definitely T-Lab. I mean, theatre lab. I'm seeing we a trend here. T-Gen, T-Lab. <laughs> okay. All right, so theatre and gender, theatre lab. Yes. So theatre lab is supposed, well, it's a capstone module where the students will put together everything that they've learned in their theatre studies career mm -hmm. and put together a, a presentation, which is a response to a play that I would 
or whoever. I just happen to be the module coordinator or with the module coordinator will put up. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about Theatre Labs, Neha. So it kind of it kind of came full circle for me because I started my TS journey with TS1101E and then that had a very similar experience of collaboration with people that I didn't really know. And Theatre Lab is supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a class where you kind of create with your batchmates. Um, but for me, like because it's a unique situation, I took an extra semester and I came back after exchange. I had to join like kind of the next batch for for my T Lab. So there was a lot of anxiety coming in. I don't know these people. They're all a tight knit like batch. They don't know I exist. All of these things were there, and frankly, like that anxiety. I think, I think in the first few weeks of the process, like it did it did come through in in my work. I would say, um, I was very timid. I was not very open to kind of putting my my opinion out out there or like voicing my thoughts. It took me a while. But I think what's beautiful about T Lab, apart from the fact that you spend so much time with this group of people um, over the, the course of the semester, that it just doesn't just doesn't feel that you've only spent a semester with them. Um, it's one of the things that reminds me that I'm in university with such a unique experience that I would say. I don't want to speak for other majors, but I. I I would think that only a theatre major would have. That every single day, you have a good day, you have a bad day, you kind of have to throw yourself into performing and, and everything, like you are the person that feels those emotions through the day. You are the same person that stands on stage and acts. Mm. So the process of weaving and managing those emotions with the process and not like compartmentalizing it necessarily was something that was so important and valuable to me. And I think like taught me something about what it means to be a human. Like as mm. as cliche and abstract as that sounds, I, I really, really like strongly believe that empathy is at the core mm. of every human. Mm. And Theatre Lab was one of the classes that really taught me to empathize with my audience, with mm. myself, um, with my collaborators. Mm. Um, and that was such a privilege to to mm. have an experience. So I I had the pleasure of being the module coordinator that sort of steward and shepherd them in their process. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that that particular, so there were two groups and they were responding to the same play, but they did two completely mm -hmm. different responses, Very different. which I think is just amazing, which is why I love Theatre Lab, because mm -hmm. I don't tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. And these youngsters spend so much time and creativity and imagination putting something up on stage and it's it's really amazing and all that through safe distancing <laughs> masks the poor things will come to me and says can we take our mask off here and i would say no can we do this no can we do it but yet you know theater people we make things happen we yeah. just negotiate whatever that's happening there and we make things happen i want to also go into one of the components in ts 3103, which is Theatre Lab, mm -hmm. which is the three reflections you had to write. <laughs> I knew you would bring this yeah. up. <laughs> so it's startling, right? Without yeah. going into detail, um, every month from the, for the, I get the students to write a reflection of their process, right? And it isn't just the sort of documenting, I did this, I did that, right? You could do that, but that's not going to get you very far because it's not really reflections. Mm -hmm. So I, I without telling us actually the reflections itself, just yeah. kind of bring back some of the reflections you felt was a struggle, right? Mm -hmm. In the sense that I remember you asking me, 
I don't know what you want me to write, yeah. right? So I said, I can't tell you what you to write because these are your reflections. Yeah. But you got it in the end, mm-hmm. right? So tell us about that journey, about this struggling. What is this reflection? It's got 10% and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then tell us a bit about that. I remember being very outraged, mm. actually, by the idea of reflections and, and it being graded because I felt like, okay, if it's an authentic um, reflection, like if it's really something that's so personal to somebody, how can you put a grade on it? Mm. And I, I, I like had a had had a conversation with Dr. Loon about this. She did. I did, um, and I was. I think a part of it was also because like, and up till that point, like I would get a brief, I would read it, I would understand what was needed, and I would do it and get the score and get the grade, and this kind of like interrupted that process. Like there was a brief, I read it couldn't really tell what what was required of the brief until I realized like there was a point of revelation where I realized like there's nothing required like there's, there's there is no brief and the more you try to like write something according to a brief the further it is from the point and and that that process was also a part of what made theater lab so special to me because um, I think the the process of writing the reflection is really writing everything in there what you think um, you are good at mm. all the flaws, all the struggles, everything um, of what you bring to the process is your reflection, mm. um, and it's not like the the typical like today was a good rehearsal. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, not like that. it's not journaling. It's, it's really okay. not. Yeah, it's not scrapbooking. <laughs> it's not journaling. It's not what you put on Facebook. Okay? Yeah, it's um, not Facebook. Share your thoughts. No, it's not that. And you know, I also tried like. Um, trying to cross-apply like theory into mm. it. It wasn't about that either. Mm. It wasn't like an... I over-intellectualized mm. it. It really wasn't about that. Mm. It was about me. Mm. And then I realized, oh, that's why I'm struggling. <laughs> it's about me. And that's the, the precisely the thing I struggle to do. Mm. Um, but that's part of being an yeah. actor, part of being a collaborator. If you Correct. don't know yourself, it's so difficult to collaborate and communicate mm. with people. Mm. That That's one of the key things I learned yeah. from it. So she got it in the end. <laughs> and I got to tell you, the, the reflections... All the reflections from that group, and I'm in a vantage position where I see all the reflections. I don't know whether they share amongst themselves. I encourage them not to, mm-hmm. but I can see the echoing. I can see the struggle, but I can also see the will to negotiate and says, "Okay, we got some tension here, but we're going to work it out." Yeah. All right. So, as a person who is stewarding and shepherding them, I can't. I got to know when I could intervene, and and the reflections themselves. I think encourage a kind of um, honest self-reckoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really important where you are able to be honest with yourself. And, and I think that's a good skill to have. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs to know this, right? Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think any of the bosses are gonna ask you for a rec- uh, and put that into your annual <laughs> review or anything, but as a kind of a tool, it's useful. I do it, right? Sometimes too much. I, I do it. I'm hoping that any of the theatre studies students will do that to be able to reflect. I think that's one particular skill that is really, really helpful and useful and that will take you, it will serve you well in theatre and outside of theatre. Absolutely. Right. Do you have a third module that... It wasn't exchanged, does it count? It's still a theatre class. Of course it does. 
So I took a class called directing mm. um, when I was on exchange and it was... Where quite, were you doing the exchange? Uh, I was doing my exchange at Yale. Yeah. And I had the complete honor of taking a class with Tony Dorfman. And that was completely like life-changing for right. me in terms of like my impression of theater mm. and the possibilities like kind of like coming out of theatre, mm. I think. So I have always been interested in directing. Mm. I knew this since JC when we got to kind of direct our own piece mm. or direct our group pieces. Mm. And, and I always enjoyed the process of like having a vision, working towards a vision, like blocking things mm. here and there mm. um, and really doing justice to a piece of text. Mm. So um, when such a class was offered, I obviously took it. And I realised there was so much more than blocking mm. and vision and all of that. Mm. It was. Um, the smallest things that mattered the most. Mm. So there was this exercise that she made us do, mm. which was keep a tiny little notebook. Mm. Um, each day, you would have an observation. Oh. So you would write it in the middle of the page, mm. um, one entire page just for one observation, and mm. it had to be maximum two lines. Mm. It would be something like, um, the leaf is on the floor, mm. it is amber, it is crinkled up, mm. somebody stepped on it and the sound of it, like some like very specific mm. um, kind of observations. And those observations were supposed to colour your directorial vision. Wow. Yeah, and it was very, like at first I was like, oh, this is very like woo-woo, abstract. Mm. But when I did it, I was like, oh, I see it now. Mm. I see it now. And that's when I made the connection that even in the future, if I don't pursue theatre, Things like looking, like looking at the world around mm. me from that lens mm. is so different. Like mm. it just kind of opened, like unlocked something in me, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I might go back and try that. <laughs> in the middle of the page, two lines. Yeah. Right. So coming to your, the end of your journey as a theatre studies major, right? Mm. So, so I asked you to reflect on that first year. Mm -hmm. So now you've gone through the entire process. You are graduating with a, a double major, an honours degree. Reflect on that journey a little bit for me. So good bits, bad bits. Maybe give yourself some distance look at the Sneha Sanjay then, the Sneha mm -hmm. Sanjay now. Yeah. Thoughts? I I think if if there were like a spectrum of like idealistic and completely like pragmatic, I I was definitely I started off here, mm. and I that, I mean I'm not gonna lie, there were moments where I kind of like vacillated here, mm. and I was very jaded about the whole thing. Mm. Like, why did I not take business as my first major? Mm. Everyone around me, they're like doing internships, they're like getting jobs and everything, and and like what am I doing, kind of thing. So I definitely I had those moments mm. where, of like reflection and um, I was like wondering like do I regret my decision mm. and I think overall at the end of my candidature as I look back I think I have moved more here mm. um, knowing that you cannot do something you love if you don't have the means to sustain that mm. that mm. particular thing mm. um, if you don't have the capacity or like mental energy to do that thing like you have to be in the headspace that you want to be mm. to do what you love and mm. that's kind of where I kind of moved mm. to the middle. So um, at my low points in my candidature, I realized that doing a double major, it's, it's a lot of pressure that you're it putting is. on yourself. Um, and that's something that I also, in my final semester, in during the process of writing my thesis, learned to kind of be kind to myself. Mm. Um, that's like the 
biggest, like one biggest takeaway that I had um, as the semesters went by, I, I took better, better care of my mental health. Mm. And honestly, the best semesters were the semesters where I didn't overload myself mm. like crazy. I allowed myself to do things apart from being a student, mm. you know? So that, that's the one thing that I'm taking away from university that I'm so grateful mm. that I learned early and not like when I'm like slaving away at, at work or something mm. like that, yeah. Well, that's lovely. That's really lovely to hear. Yeah. So now we are going to move on to your plans um, post-graduation. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I think, two, three, two, three months ago, you sent me a video link. <laughs> and I said, oh, what's Sneha up to now? Why is she sending me a video link? Tell the people what you've done. Okay, so um, this was something that um, my, my boyfriend and I came up with in 2020. In like, we, we were kind of in lockdown, circuit breaker. And my exchange had just been cut short. And I was annoyed. I was angry. <laughs> I was like, how dare they? How dare the world go into a pandemic? <laughs> what am I going to do? How dare they indeed? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean I have nothing to do? <laughs> so um, we kind of thought about what we really cared about. Both of us have always wanted to get into like entrepreneurship, wanted to own something of our own. And both of us deeply, deeply care about the art scene here in Singapore. So after a lot of like back and forth, we kind of set up this thing called Made in SG. Um, we brand ourselves as an arts company. However, the business model is slightly like different. We do like commercial things, but also channel those funds and finances into doing like artist features and all of those stuff. That's our primary like content that we create. So I sent Dr. Loon the video, um, which was basically the two of us explaining what the company was all about and how we work. Yeah, so that was the beginning of it all. But mm. I mean, we only started creating that video like a year into mm. operations, actually, because we were still trying to see if it was financially sustainable. Mm. Yeah. So what, let's just stay with that. Yeah. Because I think that's such a, I think that takes a lot of courage and again, a lot of thought. Mm. So the, the idea behind this enterprise that you, you want to do that, you know, you'll do something that would underwrite another another aspect of the business. So let's talk about that business model, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's not an operation for very long, so you yeah. still need to have proof of concept. What are you mm -hmm. hoping to attract more investors? Are you hoping to develop this as a viable business model mm -hmm. so that other people interested in the arts can use this? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there, there are your um, business objectives, what yeah. you want to hit, your targets and all, but tell us a little bit more about that. You're hoping to attract more people to come mm -hmm. in. How are you going to run the content, so on and so forth? What are your larger plans? What's, what's the vision? Right, so I think we started off, like the vision is really just to add colour into our art scene because the art scene is already colourful, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that when I think of, I think coming, coming back from exchange, I felt this sense of, I want my country's art scene to be as vibrant as that. Mm. Like, and, I, and we noticed uh, like a, a kind of gap in that 
we see a lot of YouTube channels. Mm. We see a lot of um, production houses doing all sorts of content um, that some of which we personally find quote unquote trashy. Mm. Um, but that those are what gets the like get views, right? Yeah, and and I don't the blame the hits, them. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Like I I don't blame that. Like mm. I, I have worked at um, Smart Local before mm. and the whole process of like ideating for viral content, you really have to cater to what people want. Mm. And then we thought, okay, how do we change what people want? How do we make them interested in the arts? Like even if someone who's not into the arts, like we don't want to create an echo chamber of people who are already into art, watching art content, you mm. know, we want to show people that this is a big part of life, mm. you know, not just for people who are into it. Mm. So the vision is to, um, it's currently very, very broad. We want to have a world or a society mm. where children grow up and say, I want to be an actor mm. or I want to be a singer. Mm. And they're not, not like parents don't respond with like, <sighs> we're so unlucky. <laughs> like, why must our children be into this? You know, like, wow, like, why can't you be interested in medicine instead? Like, <laughs> like honestly, though, like, we want it to be a financially sustainable mm. option mm. for mm. people. Like, I want to pursue this. And, mm. and that's completely normal, mm. you know. So that's the overarching vision. Mm. We're taking very, very baby steps mm. right now to get there. Mm. Um, first step would be to at least create content mm. and awareness mm. about this. And mm. then the next step would be to support people who are in the industry mm. in terms of like jobs, in terms of like, um, we all have LinkedIn, mm. for example, mm. um, for corporates, right? But is there a LinkedIn for artists? Mm. Like, you know, things like that, like small things like that. Like currently, I see a lot of listings on Facebook, mm. on other social media platforms. Mm. I'm just like, that makes me feel like this country doesn't take the arts seriously. Mm. And that's what makes me angry. Mm. Um, and that's what we are trying to solve in that sense. Mm. Um, to answer the question about the business model, that's definitely something that we are experimenting. Mm. Like, is it, is it something that other people can use as well? Mm. You know, um, taking money from one area of operations and kind of channeling it into the area that doesn't make you money kind mm. of thing um, to, to kind of like sustain the company that way. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I, I, I want to dial back to something that um, you talked about earlier in the interview mm -hmm. where, where your first semester going to business management and you were thinking, oh, I resisted this. I don't ever want to work in the corporate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, you, you haven't. Yeah. You've started your own business. But you know, and then you talked about just now um, how you started off as idealistic and then you're now at the pragmatic. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts about this whole prepping yourself for corporate mm -hmm. readiness, for want of a better word, right now? You said you, it, your attitudes have changed on that. It has. So, okay, just a clarification, I am going into corporate as well. There you go. Um, but I am also doing this at the side. So... Um, like right now, from now until I start working, the the, the aim is to get it up and running so mm. that I don't have to be like there full time. There you, you know, go. That it can sustain itself. Um, but the reason why my views have changed um, is honestly, I grew up and I started like facing experiences that maybe weren't so pleasant mm. um, when I did try to pursue or chase my dreams in, in that way. I realized that it's not as simple as I want to be an actor mm. and then you be an actor. Mm. It's about, will you get cast? Mm. On what basis do you get cast? Mm. What kind of stereotypes do people have mm. about you? Mm. What are the requirements they expect you to have mm. as somebody who looks like this? Mm. So a lot of those experience and my own um, personal struggles and the way I dealt with it made me feel like 
I don't have it in me to make mm. this my profession and mm. mad respect to people who do. Mm. Um, maybe this is something that I love, but it doesn't have to be the thing that I do on a daily basis mm. as a career. Mm. So that the kind of open-mindedness like started coming in towards my year three, year four, where mm. I was like, let me just try like an internship in corporate and see if I mm. like it. Um, ultimately, I think a lot of the skills I learned in mm. TS made me a good candidate mm. for corporate as well. Mm. And this is something that people don't know. People don't <laughs> realize like the communication part of it, like people value communication so much. Mm. People value you being able to break down complex mm. things into like simpler ways. Like, pe like corporate is all about what talking to people, mm. right? And and theater people are great at that. Mm. So that, we that's, are really, yeah. we really are. So when okay, I know I'm going all over the place, but when people say things like, um, you're, "You're a theater major, what can you do with a theater major?" I'm like, lots. <laughs> lots. Like you trust me, like lots. Um, yeah, I think I lost track of the question. No, it's all right. So, but what, what I wanted to also add on is that I'm seeing a trend of the, the double, Yeah. right? So, <clears throat> Sneha Sanjay isn't just happy doing one thing. She's all about the double, right? Exactly. So, she's got her own little business going. Mm -hmm. She's going into the corporate world, just like when she did the business management and theatre studies, right? Mm -hmm. so that seems to be a trend. And I'm want to talk about the the tensions between that, just a little bit of a diversion, yeah. because you brought up about self-care and mental health, the stress, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, uh, without going into details, I mean, I'm, uh, we had this discussion about mm -hmm. the stress, and I think it's becoming a very in, uh, important issue mm -hmm. for people to deal with. Yeah. Uh, so what are your thoughts about managing you know, expectations of yourself. Mm -hmm. you, you talked about being kind to yourself, mm -hmm. but there you are, starting a business and then going to the corporate and mm -hmm. you're driven, being madly driven for both. Yeah. So have you developed some kind of strategy? Tell the people, maybe share the, with the people, maybe certain strategies about how you can manage that tension and mm -hmm. be kind to yourself. I'd like to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I think the core of wanting to do everything like at the same time um i mean that's not wrong i think it's just that that coupled with wanting to do everything yourself oh. is a lethal like combination i think what i've learned um the the most effective strategy for me um and someone like i like to say has control issues <laughs> is really delegating the work like really like i think Trusting other people mm. um, is something that I have learned to do mm. through theatre. Mm. And trusting someone with the operations of the business, mm. for example, mm. um, saying that I am going to focus on corporate work full time mm. for now. I need you to help me take this. I will oversee that, mm. for example. That's how I, I intend to manage it. Mm. Um, another way to do it is honestly pick one. Like mm. if you can't do both, pick one or at least pick a focus. Mm. I think for me, um, I had been struggling a lot with that. Like, if I ever decide that, you know, it's too much for me, mm. I have the option of winding up or I have the mm. option of putting that on hold. It's mm. my business, mm. right? Um, and that does not make me a failure. Mm. And honestly, your passion is something that you can pursue at any time. Mm. I think my priority right now is being independent financially, mm. Um, mm. being stable financially. Mm. And then whenever I want to revisit that, I can. So mm. that keeping the options open is something that 
um, was such a valuable like lesson for me. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's the one thing I would say. So um, I've just got a couple of more things to get your thoughts about. Mm -hmm. um, we talked. I mean, you mentioned a little bit about that just now. So I want to talk a little bit more about it, which is that public misconception that mm -hmm. a theatre studies major has no practical or professional relevance, mm -hmm. right? So, and and I like your answer. So what can a theatre studies major do? Lots. It's lots, yeah. right? And you've demonstrated that. Um, the public misconception of the, the, the theatre study. So if you could, if I could push you mm -hmm. to maybe isolate a couple of capabilities, mm -hmm. or skills, whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. things that speak for yourself, the what you have acquired mm -hmm. while being a theatre studies major that has maybe helped you in your internship, help you hopefully, and you plan that it will be of great use to you in the corporate life and maybe managing you know, the things that you want to do mm -hmm. outside of your paid job, right? Mm -hmm. So things, so what are the things that, you know, I mean, the knowledge, the theatre thing, collaboration, what are your thoughts? What are the things that you think that would be really, really useful going out to work? I think for me, <laughs> It, this is so weird, but it's like three C's almost. Mm. Like, carry yourself. Mm. I know that's not really a C. Like, the way I carry myself mm. was something that I've seen myself grown. Mm. I, I've seen myself grow from, from year one all the way till year four. And mm. I think my major has a big part to do with that. Um, that kind of self-assurance or confidence that you develop mm. when you act or as an actor, as somebody mm. who is constantly putting yourself out there. Like, not even if you don't act, honestly, like in class, the small sizes like kind of encourage you to speak up. Mm. The opportunity to speak up, like formulate your thoughts, like safe, that safe space that really develops that confidence was I think one of the biggest things that I took away. Um, when I do interviews now, I'm not very intimidated, like at least like compared to when I, when I first started. Mm. Um, those things don't intimidate me anymore. Mm. Putting myself out there doesn't intimidate me anymore. You performed in front of people exactly. in the public. So what's a one-to-one -one interview, I right? I dumped yeah. my face in a bucket of water yep. in front of a bunch of people. That's true, you <laughs> did, you did. crazy things on stage. Yep. Yeah, so um, that the confidence. Um, the second one would be collaboration. Mm. Uh, you have to work with a lot of difficult people in life. I've, I've come to, to realize um, that that's not easy. That, mm. that skill is not easy. It's easy to go and kind of like talk about everyone, like talk about the people that you're working with. Mm. Um, but when you're in theatre, when you're in a space like where you're forced to work with the people that that completely frustrate you, you kind of learn the skill to adapt mm. and learn the skill to negotiate. Mm. Um, that's a very, very useful skill. I think even in corporate, right? Yeah, of course. Especially in corporate. <laughs> I was about to say that. Especially in corporate. Especially in corporate, yeah. Um, and the last thing would be communication. Yeah. Yeah, I think they all kind of go hand in hand. Mm that um, when you're feeling something, speak up like mm. about it. Mm. Say that in a way that is palatable, like mm. not, not necessarily abrasive, mm. but th that skill is something that mm. I think I've seen a lot of people who do theatre mm. have. Mm. Um, I, I don't know what it is about. I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm. I think it's the empathy. Yes, it is the empathy, you're right. When you're constantly stepping into different characters, yes. you have to empathise with them. Yeah. And that empathy also engenders respect mm -hmm. and sensitivity. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that I hope every single theatre, you don't have to be a theatre studies major, you just take one or two theatre modules. Yeah. And if you can understand that empathy, 
And that empathy will connect you to people. Mm -hmm. And I think then it will guide you on the choice of language to use when you're communicating with people. Absolutely. So, so that you don't hurt people. Yeah. Not that anybody does that deliberately, mm -hmm. but I think we are conditioned in such a way that we are not very careful yeah. with the use of language. And, you know, when we are dealing with, you know, dialogue, text and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. you know, one of the skills is, I'm, I'm sure you learned this in major playwrights, is really read dialogue, subtext, mm -hmm. all that. And then it's important for us to understand that. So, We've come to the end, mm -hmm. so I am going to ask you, I'm going to shamelessly ask you to plug theatre studies. <laughs> Not that you really need to because you've already shared with us how, uh, the, the, how much you have benefited from your journey. Right? Yeah. So if somebody isn't very sure mm. about whether to even take a theatre module or even take uh, introduction to theatre and performance, mm -hmm. or not very sure whether one should. And what person is interested but not sure whether it's practical. Mm. All right, sort of like so. What would you say to the people or the the incoming students about this? Okay, I think I'll I'll cater to the practical people first um, in saying that I think in the moments where I have doubted, like should I have taken like a business major and then theatre as my second major, because that's what most people would be inclined to do. Um, the reason why I always get out of that thinking is because ultimately your cap or, or whatever like score you get is determined by what you do best in. So if you feel like you're going to do best in a subject like theatre because you like that subject or because you, you know that you have the skills for that subject, honestly, keeping that as your first major and having that reflect in your cap would do would serve you more like pragmatically than taking a pragmatic degree and being mediocre in it. Mm. That's one of the things that I've learned, mm. practically speaking. Mm. The other thing is I would just encourage everybody to at least just take the exposure class, like the introduction class. Because once you have a like a taste of theater, you for the rest of your life, even if you don't take theater in the end, you will always remember how it feels and you'll mm. always want to approximate that experience mm. in some way or another. And, and I speak not just for myself. Mm. I've seen so many people, they're like, oh, I did a play in primary school and they still remember it. Mm. So that memory and that experience is enough of a push for mm. you to at least try it. Mm. And then you can decide whether you want it, you want to go deeper into it mm. or whatever. Ultimately, your degree is not, like, I think times are changing. Your degree does not determine the opportunities you get. Mm. You determine the opportunities you get. Mm. So as, as long as you can pitch yourself, which theatre teaches you how to do, mm. frankly speaking, with all of the skills that I mentioned, I think you can do whatever you want in the end, at the end of the day, with a theatre degree. Your degree doesn't determine the opportunities you get. You determine the opportunities you get. End quote, Sneha Sanjay. <laughs> And with that, I want to thank you for having this lovely chat with me and all the best with Made in SG. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll be in touch. Thank you. It's been such an honour. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you.